Hailing frequencies open. Welcome back, everybody, to episode two of the Hit or Miss Star Trek podcast. Uh, hopefully you got a chance to check out our first episode, our Encounter at Farpoint review. It's still there if you didn't. Uh, in case you haven't been keeping up with our social media and stuff, uh, today's episode, we're going to be reviewing uh, an episode of Lower Decks. But again, I couldn't do this on my own, uh, so I had to bring in a massive Lower Decks fan from the internet, uh, someone pretty pretty internet famous. So why don't you introduce yourself, special guest? <laughs> I am not internet famous. I'm not. I'm just some randomer. <laughs> <laughs> well, on in Trek circles, you know. <laughs> I I am Linda um, at Hen in a Hat at Hen in a Hat One actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Linda. How are you? <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, thanks for agreeing to join us, Linda. I think a lot of people probably have seen you on the internet and stuff, and they might be interested in learning a bit more about you. Um, so, without hopefully uh, being too daunting, because <laughs> there's some big questions potentially coming up, so we'll uh, we'll throw straight into section one, which is the section that I call Healing Frequencies Open. <laughs> uh, even though it probably would have been more fitting to call it Healy Frequencies over ah. <laughs> in this particular episode. But uh, oh, like so <laughs> we'll start with um, the kind of big obvious question, which is um, if, uh, if you can remember, what is it that mm -hmm. first got you interested in Star Trek? Uh, what kind of lured you in and, and got you uh, hooked forever? And what was kind of the first episode that you saw that you really loved? Yeah, okay. So I, yeah, I do remember. It was a long time ago, but I do remember. Um, my, my my older sister, um, she's quite a bit older than me and my, my younger brother. So she used to throw on Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm. And it was, you know, it was always on after school. I think it was on Sky One that we started watching it. Um, and then we caught up with the repeats and everything. So she she got us into it and we kind of carried on watching it and then I, I kind of carried on watching the rest of the shows that came after that okay um and the first I, I do not remember what the first episode was that we watched we, it was just kind of always there but right. the first episode I re remember loving was what is this called again um time something time it was when the it was with the Romulans um when the, you know, Deanna and Picard and Geordi, I think, are in a shuttle and the, the oh, time um, is... Timescape. Timescape, the... yeah, timescape, yes, that's yeah. the one, that's the one. Uh, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the one I remember loving first. That's a, um, so that was quite a late episode, but I'm sure, nice. yeah, no, I, I watched it way before that, but that's the first one that I can remember going, oh, this is amazing. Really? <laughs> Isn't that the one where Picard draws like a smiley face in the warp core explosion or something like that? Or am I completely is, imagining is that, that? Is that the same one? It's to do with the um, the black hole. Um, uh, what? Oh, God, my memory is so bad. What's it called? The Romulan, the Romulan oh, yeah, they're, they're, system. Uh, yeah. yeah, the... the and um, they're meta experimenting, and it's oh god, it's so cool. Just when they 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 don't know if 
this one Romulan and he's not frozen in time. He's just standing there, mm. like pretending to be one of the, fr- and he attacks them. Oh, it's just, a, that whole episode was amazing. That was a really cool visual. That's not an episode that comes up a lot. And it's a one that um, yeah. I can't hugely remember because yeah. I think a lot of the time I probably skipped straight to Descent because it comes straight after it. And, you know, bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, so... If you had to pick a favourite series out of all of them, I know it's a big question. If you had to pick a favourite, what would you say would be your favourite Trek series? It has to be TNG for me, definitely. Yes. It's it's the one I, I grew up with, and it's the one that kind of solidified my tre- trekkiness. And just, you know, growing up, me and my brother and my sister, when she was there, we would just, like, talk in TNG quotes. You know? Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, definitely TNG for us. <laughs> That's awesome. A girl after my own heart. We share that in common. Then. So the other final sort of big question, which uh, my, my friend Stephen in episode one didn't particularly like me giving him, was if you had to pick three episodes good into your head that you thought were the best Star Trek had to offer to show a completely random person, which three episodes from the entirety of the franchise would you choose? Oh, my God. That's a tough question. <laughs> I know, uh... right? <laughs> okay. So, all good things, but you'd have to watch both of them. That was also so picked in episode one by Stephen. No way! No it was way, his first like... exact choice as well. No way! No, this is, it is the perfect episode of Star Trek, I think. It's just perfect. And it gives, it really does, it, it, it does, um, it does kind of give you a taster of, like, time travel. And, of course, there's Q and the dynamic but the, and, and the relationships changing it's, it's amazing and um, so yeah you if, if you don't love all good things after watching that you know you're not gonna really like any, anything that's awesome. else that's almost word for word uh, what steven said so that I love no that. way that's yeah, pretty much. Much. That's um okay let me try and think of one from ds9 uh okay way of the warrior Oh, that's well, a good choice. Just, yeah. yeah, action, there's comedy, there's Worf. Yeah, way the warrior. So, <laughs> there's Worf. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. Let me see. I'd probably go with another TNG one. Um, okay. Maybe, uh, ooh, ooh, cause and effect. Oh, another go. good cause call. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> Very uh, specific area of Trek that you're interested in and the kind of next-gen DS9 area. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Oh, bless. Well, we'll get to Lower Decks later anyway, but... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah so th- <laughs> thanks for that. It's uh, it's just a little bit of a getting to know you. I think we're, we all, we're all kind of a bit nervous to sort of start these conversations mm-hmm. on Twitter and stuff, and I find it personally quite fascinating how people first came to Star Trek and what everybody's yeah. unique favourites is and stuff. So it's just a little bit of yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Uh, without further ado, I'll hit us on to the main section, which was the uh, hit or miss section. Um, not the main section, the main section would be the review, but the hit or miss section, uh, again, in case you're joining us new, is basically where I hurl some random things from anywhere in the Star Trek universe at my guest, um, which you have not heard before, and just ask if you think they're a hit or a miss, uh, brief reasons why, and then share my opinion and see if we agree or disagree. Uh, so, yeah, are you ready to to get going with that? I suppose I am. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll probably make it about seven or eight of them because it's only a very short episode we're reviewing uh, as opposed to last week's two-parter this uh, week. Yeah. So uh, the first thing I have on for this week's hit or miss section, and again, these are completely random. I don't know why I picked them. It's just stuff I 
thought about. Uh, the first one this week is the episode Equinox or Equinox from Voyager, parts one and two. Mm. Hit or miss? <laughs> hit. Oh, man, hit. <laughs> awesome. If only, it... for, if only for the ship itself, the Equinox oh, is actually such my favourite. Yeah. It's my favourite non, non-hero uh, Federation ship, yeah. I completely forgot you were to, uh, mentioning on Twitter a while ago you were looking for a model of it, actually. When I, when I chose this, I completely forgot about it's that. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, keep an eye out for a sale. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it's a fantastic design of shit. But I, um, I agree with you. I think it's a hit. I love that episode. I've mentioned, I think it was the other day on Twitter, somebody said if you had to pick one episode of Voyager to watch mm-hmm. without any of the others, what would it be? And I chose Equinox or Equinox and just yeah. said um, it's, it's the perfect example of like – a case study of morality and how easy it is to yeah. to kind of slip to that and uh, between yeah. sort of ransom gradually going further and further down the sort of insanity uh, you know yeah. constant abusive life forms thing to Janeway kind of starting down that road herself as she got more and more Ahab-esque yeah. I suppose um, I just really love that depth to it plus cool yeah. ship so, <laughs> so, cool yeah. ship yeah yeah very cool <laughs> ship <laughs> Awesome, yeah. Oh, cool. I'm glad to to hear you liked it. So that was a little bit of agreement on the first part anyway then. So the next thing on my list, sort of uh, bringing it way up to date, several centuries in the future, uh, hit or miss the USS Discovery A, the refit. <laughs> oh, dear. You can't say that to me. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. I, I am going to say, I am going to say miss because Ooh. I do not like... I do not like floating the cells. They make me nervous. And, <laughs> and I don't like the holes cut out of the hull. They're right. missing a load of you know, rooms or decks or crew quarters or something. Just what, something oh. has been cut out. What, what was there? I don't know. The turbo lift shaft or something. I, don't <laughs> I thought it was only the nacelle pylons that had little bits cut out, wasn't it? No. Or am I imagining that? They, I could be wrong. No, part of the actual hull has been removed. Oh, yeah, the joining part in the saucer, now that I'm looking at it, a fair bit of that's been yeah. taken away as well, hasn't it? Yes, oh. I gotta have to say miss for that one. Well, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough. I think a lot of people would agree with you and for the sort of the exact same reasons. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm, I'm going to disagree <laughs> politely. Uh, I think it's a hit, but I fully, yeah. with the proviso that I fully understand the whole kind of, you're either going to be on board with the detached nacelles and parts or not. Uh, yeah. And I'm kind yeah. of... I'm fine with it, I guess, but I could live without it as well, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. In terms of, you know, it's a cool new gimmick and it makes it look futury, even though it doesn't yeah. make a lick of sense that it apparently improves maneuverability when you would think having it yeah, attached I, would surely be better. You know, but. <laughs> exactly. And I, I, I think it, it looks, they, they wanted it to fit into future technology. So, it, you know, they updated it and now it has floating the cells like all the other ships. But I thought it would have been nice if Discovery was an old, old ship and they hadn't gone near it and everywhere it went in in the, the sector or whatever, they'd be like, oh, you must be from the past. You have a very old ship with attached nacelles. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, think, I think that would have been more interesting than updating it, you know? Yeah. Sure, well, anyway. Some of the ships that are in that kind of fleet in the 32nd century do still have attached nacelles. The, um, the, the mm-hmm. upgraded Constitution class or whatever, the Armstrong, that's got attached nacelles and nobody said that they had to be ah. detached from it. So the, it didn't make a ton yeah. of sense. And it's worth noting, I think, I do like that at least when it's going to spore drive, the mm. nacelles reattach first. 
because I was like, if they yeah, don't, that no, makes no yeah. sense. If it's just start spinning yeah. around the sort of stationary cells, that's just going to look ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, no, it is cool. The animation is cool as well. So yeah, it's it's cool, but I could have done with the old Discovery. <laughs> that's fair. Enough. I do like the old one, but I I prefer the. I don't know how how I would describe it. The sort of the whole plating or whatever on the new one looks a bit cooler. Yeah. It's all. It looks shiny and silver metallic as opposed to the weird bronze yeah. colouring of the original. Um, so yeah, well, you yeah. know, I, I, I do agree, but I also think they spent a lot of time kind of orbiting that central command area, and that itself was all blue and sparkly. So yeah. I didn't know if it was just the lighting from the force field or whatever was going on there. <laughs> it, was the, it was lighting all the ships this bright kind of colour. So I, I was kind of confused. Yeah, so... That's a good oh, one. Well. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, I, I will still say hate with the proviso that I fully understand anyone not liking yeah. it. But um, again, the one okay. thing I will complain about, which is a complete nitpick, and it doesn't ruin the episode, but the ridiculous um, trip through an, a city-sized turbo lift network in that last episode. Oh yeah. Crap out of me. <laughs> I was so annoyed by yeah. that. <laughs> At some point, they're just yeah. going to have to explain they've got that TARDIS tech and it's massively bigger on the inside because otherwise that makes no yeah. sense. <laughs> oh, we could have a whole show about the turbo lifts. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the roller coaster network that they've got on the original Discovery and the Enterprise is is also kind of really annoying to me. But oh, it's crazy, makes no sense. Makes yeah, I just go sense. with it. <laughs> yeah, as long yeah. as the story's good, I guess we'll forgive all those things. But uh, oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> That's one hit and one miss anyway for the Discovery A, but not yeah. glowingly popular, I would say. Um, so the next thing for this particular episode, uh, and I swear I wrote this before I knew who was my guest, but the next thing on this list is Chief O'Brien, hit or miss. Ah, absolute legend. There is nobody that comes close to Chief O'Brien. He's <laughs> the number one person in the universe, <laughs> Star Trek universe. He got a gold statue. Come on. <laughs> that moment in Lower Decks with the gold statue to the greatest yeah. person in history was it, it was so yeah. Jeff's kiss yeah. perfect, really, wasn't it? So Yes. Yeah. And everyone agreed. Nobody had an issue with us. No, no I mean the guy suffered enough that. to get there to be honest, didn't he? So yeah. and you know that we we were petitioning for somebody was petitioning for a statue of um Colomini in Dublin. Oh, really? As Chief, as Chief O'Brien. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a couple of years ago a petition popped up and it got media attention and eh, I think it kind of fizzled out. But like, yeah, we we need a statue of, of him in one. Yeah, completely. <laughs> they've, got a, they've got a Captain Janeway statue in whatever her hometown's yeah. supposed to be. So it can, exactly. it can happen. Exactly. <laughs> I'd love to yeah, see that. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to assume you mean hit. In that case, to oh yeah, absolute hit. <laughs> Completely unqualified. I agree. I think it's great. I think I like Colmini as an actor. Anyway, I think he's really good. Um, mm. I love him in both drama and in comedies. And then when he turned up in the Alan Partridge film, I was pleasantly surprised and thought he was really good with the comedic timing and stuff. Um, but it was always yeah. a treat when you saw him on Next Gen, and then obviously he's completely the star of DS9, if we're honest. Despite all of the kind of torture porn they just kept putting him through to make him miserable. <laughs> But uh, yeah. yeah, so I, I agree. I think complete hit. Chief O'Brien's a bit of a Starfleet legend for a reason. Yes, brilliant. So yeah, a bit more of an agreement. I think on that one. So uh, yeah, the next no one, argument me. Yeah, awesome. Good. Uh, the very next thing on my list is quite topical. Again, it was already written, so this is a weird coincidence. But the next thing is mm. hit or miss the Borg Queen. Okay. Um. Yeah, hit. I think she was a good idea. Um. And 
the fact that they recast her in Voyager made sense. Um, mm. It does make sense because they, you know, they are one. They just pick a random female and go, you could be the next queen. That's okay. <laughs> I like that. Um, I and I, I, yeah, the Borg were getting kind of, kind of boring. And when they introduce the queen, you're like, oh, there's another level. Oh, my goodness. Somebody is making all these decisions. It, you know, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Love the Borg. I love First Contact, everything about it. Yeah, that's true. The First Contact is great. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, again, I'm going to politely disagree, and I'm going to say I think the, <gasps> the idea of the Borg Queen is a slight miss just in execution because it just mm. seems to go against what they'd kind of set up with the Borg when even in that first episode, I think it's Troy says that a single leader can make mistakes, but the whole point of a combined whole is that it's much less mm. likely. And then they proceed to show a single leader making mistakes constantly. <laughs> so it's kind of yeah, yeah. counterproductive to that idea. I understand from a dramatic standpoint why they do it, because it gives you somebody to mm. interact with rather than just kind of faceless robots yeah. that all talk in one voice. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, when when they when they try when they assimilated um Lacutus, yes. um, that was their that was their spokesperson and they thought, you know, we we're gonna try and communicate now with Starfleet. We we need one person to speak for us. Mm. Um, so, I so do we do we do we know if the Borg? I know my history is uh, fuzzy, but do we know if the Borg Queen was around at that? She was around at that time. They showed it in the uh, yeah, they showed the it in flashback. So she, yeah, it was kind of like a flashback of her being aware of Lacutus, I think. But I don't know. I think she might have been a late addition. I don't think she was always there. I don't think they they always had a queen. But I think maybe that might have spurred them on to go right let's actually pick a queen now yeah. you know because this, this is kind of working for us <laughs> yeah i guess like i get it like i said and certainly from a story point of view i get it but it's just a part of the kind of again this is really nerdy deep dive and i'm probably going to annoy the heck out of some people listening but it's just kind of the the contribution to the weakening of the borg more and more as they went on sort of um when they were only in the sort of three or four next gen episodes it was really scary when you saw them and then when they appeared every yeah. other week in voyager it did get a little roll your eyes oh my gosh they're gonna defeat yeah. easily again kind of thing um, yeah well that's true yeah but i think also they have to kind of evolve they're they, they were an amazing bad guy when they when they came along they're really scary and everything um and yeah they they started popping up every week in voyager but mm. then they they have to go one higher so there's a species 8472 who can mm. defeat the borg and so yeah, they can't stay the main bad guy. They have to. I think in Star Trek, they're always looking for a bigger villain. You know, especially in Discovery, they're looking for like the biggest villain, and then the yeah. next series, series there's an even bigger one. <laughs> I agree, but I think that's part of the issue is that I think they had that in yeah. the Borg, and they didn't really need to to mm. try to to one up them. And yeah, so I gotta say, I gotta say, hit for the Queen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm because it missed, but with the the same proviso that I made last week with section 31, which is that although I think the idea is a bit of a miss, I love a heck of a lot of the actual stories that they're in. Um, First oh, Contact yeah. is class. Obviously, a lot of the Voyager stuff is class, and I will say that the interplay between Susanna Thompson and Kate Mulgrew was brilliant. It was fantastic having that kind of because it was nice to finally have a sort of strong female villain that wasn't Seska for uh, for Janeway to play <laughs> off and and kind of you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I do appreciate all that, but I just think as an idea, it would have been, I would have nerdily kind of preferred it if the Borg were still kind of the homogenous, all one yeah. robot voice thing, but never mind. I'm probably yeah. in the minority without. <laughs> um, so the next thing I have on my list, completely at random, um, hit or miss Christine Chapel. 
Oh, absolute legend. Again, come on, she's amazing. And especially since I've been watching the TAS, um, she's oh, brilliant yes. in that. Awesome. She saves the day more than once in that. Yeah, love oh, her. That's, that's great. You can't not love any character that's played by the first lady of Star Trek, Majel Barron, oh, of yes. course. But, uh... Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, she's, she's probably my least favourite of her characters, and I, I am including the computer voice in that. Yeah. But she's, she's still good. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, she was kind of, yeah. There were, like, the epi- some of the episodes she was in were, you know, they weren't great for her. But she does absolutely slay, you know, a couple of times and mm. does save the ship in uh, the animated series. Oh, I still um, need to watch all of those. I've only seen a handful, so I'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, me too. I have only seen about, uh, uh, not not even the first season. Oh, how many seasons were there? God, I don't. There remember. was only the first season, and I think like three episodes. Second season, when I was looking into it. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Now I kind of forgot forgot to continue my 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 watch through, so I have to get back on that. That's fair uh, enough. Yeah. Love her. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think the characters are hit because as much as I didn't love when they kind of played the. Um, fawning cliche romance bit with Spock. It did give you a few really fantastically well acted moments. Yeah, yeah I think that okay. character's great. But anything anything Majel does was always great in Star Trek. And uh, as I say, probably my yeah. least favorite of her characters, but even still a complete hit with me. And uh, yeah. great to have her on the ship for for the original series. I think. Uh, oh yes. Oh, so the next thing we kind of touched on briefly. Uh, the next thing I have on my list is the Spore Drive. Hit or miss. <sighs> Spore drive. Uh, uh, I will have to go with my instinct and just say miss because I, 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 I it's different. It's yeah. different. It's it's based on, you know, semi real world science yeah. theory. Uh, but I think it would not work in real life and oh, of course I, yeah <laughs> yeah i the the, the tardigrade and the hooking up your arms to the thing i i don't like it don't like it no don't like that's right. fair enough absolutely um <laughs> i'm gonna again very very lightly disagree i think that it's a hit now <laughs> i would have completely been on the same page as you um during the yeah. pretty much the entire first season of discovery but I think yeah. it's just it's just worn me down through sheer amount of use. And uh, now yeah. I just get really excited when you see the cool kind of the disc spinning and then the whole ship spinning and everything. Mm-hmm. And it looks cool. Um, so the, the really basic, uh, unintelligent part of me is like, oh, look cool. Ship goes up. <laughs> but yeah, I know logically, yeah, logically, it I... doesn't make a hack of sense, does it? <laughs> No, I, I, in the first season I thought it was, I thought Black Alert was the coolest thing I'd ever heard. And it was so, it was so mysterious. And there was moisture droplets and everything was going weird. And you had to go back to your quarters. It was, uh, it was all secretive. It was cool. But when it turned out to be just, you know, we're using mushrooms to go really fast. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it know. when you put it like that, because it just gets more and more ridiculous the more basic you make it, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's all I have to say about that. We're strapped to a giant version of a microscopic life form so that we can sail through a mushroom highway and go anywhere. Of course, yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's ridiculous, it really is. But again, I think it's just the visual and the fact that I... I like that they can almost get anywhere, but I do completely wish that it hadn't been in a prequel series because that 
again, it ruins anything resembling <laughs> continuity in canon. At least they try to explain it, I guess, at the end of season. Oh, yeah, they were like, Let, let's never talk about this again. It's private. <laughs> I'm fine oh, yeah. With from, uh, I'm fine with it from a story perspective of it looking cool and just getting them somewhere. But I'm like you, I don't yeah. like the whole science that obviously yeah. quite clearly Brian Fuller was obsessed with the real life Paul Stamets and the whole mycology yeah. mushrooms aspect and i've never really liked that either because it's clearly it was the flavor of the month for a moment and then i think within about a year it was completely disproved and thrown out of any oh, kind of God. scientific validity <laughs> so yeah which is it, it was nice though it was nice that they went with something that was current and something from re the re real world while they yeah. were writing it you know it was it was nice um a nice into the real world <laughs> yeah i appreciate the attempt to make something at least different as well because we'd seen by that point so much like warp and trans warp and slipstream and everything that yeah at least it was a bit unique to, to the usual crystals and yeah. drive systems or whatever so but uh, yeah. yeah anyway so a slight hit from me and a bit of a miss from you i think is probably where we settle yeah. on that um yeah. so the next thing on the list uh, is the character of harry mudd would you say hit or miss for harry um i would say both i mm, interesting um yeah miss for the original and hit for discovery oh that's probably the reverse of what a lot you? of people would say yeah it does <laughs> it's honestly the opposite yeah. of what i was expecting you to say but uh, yeah go ahead why, I, why is that? yeah i absolutely loved him in discovery um i he was well played he was very funny he was really well cast I, the, he was kind of mirroring Q, which I thought was, it was nice for them to be like, obviously mirroring Q and saying Mon Capitan and everything. So I, I just, yeah, I, I liked him and he was, yeah, I, I, the TOS one now, I, I, I'm not a huge TOS fan anyway. Ah. So every time I think of TOS, it's kind of silly in my, in my mind, yeah, it's kind of silly, but um, yeah, obviously it's, it's great as well. It's, but most yeah. most episodes are kind of silly. <laughs> yeah, well, I think so, it's probably fair to say data is is the the, yeah, the most totally fair data. label you can yeah. give to it. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think hit for both personally. Um, okay, because I really like, I, I get that that original is cheesy as heck, but I was kind of growing up watching the original series with my mum as a, a you know a prepubescent yeah. child. That was the moments in Star Trek that you were like, yay, fun, <laughs> and yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. The character wasn't okay. remotely serious, and he was that broad stereotype, which as a kid, I think I yeah. latched onto a lot more. Like, as an adult, I probably would have watched and been like, this is ridiculously over the top, this guy. What's he doing yeah. with this performance? But at the time, so it's kind of a personal thing, I think. But I agree with you yeah. in terms of um, Rian Wilson's just a great actor anyway. Uh, and oh, I think yeah. what he did yeah. with Harry Mudd was really good. I didn't love that he went a little bit too far down the kind of actual killing people and being a bit sort of brazenly evil um you yeah. know could have could have maybe done without well, they, a little bit of that but yeah i suppose they had to have some stakes you know i i i think it was done okay i think it was done right well i i i think it was wrapped up strangely and they were like it's okay you can go now you're just gonna oh see i, I love the way they wrapped it up because it was just basically a callback to that original series so yeah, yeah. as soon as they well, mentioned that his wife stella was approaching i was like yeah. oh this is gonna be and then yeah Again, I get that it's it's sexist and it's really dated, but it's also just amusing uh, to me. I don't know why, but yeah. <laughs> I just like the idea of this con man that can take on the entire universe and there's this one woman that he's just like, shut up, I can't escape you. <laughs> uh, we all make yeah. our own hell, isn't it, really? <laughs> um, yeah. I'll, okay. throw, 50 -50. Uh, 
Oh, fair enough. Um, I'll throw one last thing at you for today then. Um, and the last okay. thing on the hit or miss section for today is Porthos from Enterprise. Hit or miss? Is that even a question? That isn't <laughs> even a question. Get out of here. <laughs> well, I'm wondering who would be brave enough to say miss. <laughs> evil people who don't like animals. <laughs> <laughs> Porthos is the best character in Enterprise. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I agree. He's he was so lovely. <laughs> yeah, I never used to yeah. be a dog person, but my dad got a dog a few years ago, and now I am. And Porthos is one of those kind of cute little breeds, a little beagle that it's like, oh, whenever I see him on the oh, show, I'm like, yeah. oh, look at him. There he goes. Yeah, and I feel bad for Porthos that he never gets the proper walkies. At the time they brought him down to the planet, and he got fresh air, he was able to run. He was like, oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> and and then the the the, the Sick bay when he was um, when he was not well. I did. Yeah, like that, that was. Oh yeah, it was it was emotional, but it was I, I yeah. quite like that episode. I don't think many oh, people. Oh, it's amazing do, episode. I... Yeah, brilliant <laughs> episode. But I actually, when I was at um, Destination Star Trek London in 2012, they had his um, replica in the little oh, stasis awesome. chamber. And I go, oh, so it was very sad to look at, even though it was <laughs> fake. <laughs> oh, bless. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure about the logistics of keeping a, a dog on a starship. Uh, I agree with you on there. Yeah. Probably, it probably wasn't great for his development unless they got him down to a lot of planets off screen that we didn't see. But uh, yeah, yeah, the character's just lovely. So it's hard to dislike it, isn't it? Yep. So, uh, yep. Awesome. So understandably, we both love dogs. I think we can say to that. Definitely. Let me just uh, scroll through my notes here. So that'll conclude the hit or miss section for this week. Uh, and we'll move into the next section. Uh, and we will begin analysis of the episode that we're reviewing officially, which, uh, if you haven't been keeping up to date, I should have said at the start, was the um, it's an episode of Star Trek Lower Decks, and it's the season one finale entitled No Small Parts. Uh, so, just uh, quickly and as spoiler-free as possible, Linda, what are your mm-hmm. some of your broad thoughts on the episode No Small Parts and maybe on Lower Decks in general? I absolutely love Lower Decks. It's one of my favourite uh, Star Trek shows. Um, this episode is the best season finale of any series of Star Trek. Bold claim. Nice. I am, I am stamping that claim out there. Yep. So nice. It is absolute action, which you do not expect in in Lower Decks when you've when you've come up to season episode nine. You you you've known what to expect. But then, boom, episode 10 is high action, emotion, oh, you know, oh, my God, nostalgia, feelings. Uh, it's amazing. It was an absolutely amazing episode. And I wa- I've watched it again today. I felt the same feelings all over again. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, I watched it again for the review, and I, I agree with you. Those are all words, excuse me, that I would use as well. Um, but I've made a lot of kind of notes. So if you'd indulge mm. me and perhaps uh, I'll, I'll go through them bit by bit and see if uh, you have any thoughts okay. and you wanted to try me on likes, dislikes, anything like that as well as we go along. Um, mm-hmm. So the episode starts with revisiting the original series uh, with the Landrew yeah. computer. It mentions that they've um, they've started worshipping Landrew again, uh, <laughs> which is I really like the joke of kind of like the the. the yeah. um, the little signs that say Landrew do not obey. <laughs> Landrew having a verbal sparring match with Captain Freeman and her sort of response of do not make me paradox you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of sort of humorous Easter egg that I think Lower Decks just deals I in perfectly. It's great. So isn't it? good. Yeah. 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 Um, 
but I do like that it was also starting to call out with um, with Mariner and Boimler, the kind of Starfleet some interference idea, which was a bigger idea yeah. than I would have expected something like Lower Decks to ever really touch on. Um, but yeah, yeah. Fair play, yeah. Yeah. Um, and si- similarly, uh, again, for what, what could be kind of this knockabout silly comedy, I wasn't expecting it to become as involved in the interpersonal stuff and the idea about the secret mm. of... Um, of Mariner being the captain's daughter and everything. Um, yeah. That becoming an actual story sort of idea and something that was developed, I was like, wow, this it, this actually yeah. has got a story. It's going places. I like it. So Yeah, so that, that was cool. And um, and we have seen, of course, we've seen Jake Sisko, but he is not in Starfleet. But, mm. you know, we, he does get, like, Nog bothering him to kind of talk. Yeah, will you talk to your dad? Will you talk to your dad? <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, and them, them not knowing... And she's always getting away with stuff, and but she's always going to the brig as well. But she doesn't care, and yeah, it makes it makes sense that her captain is her mom is the captain. <laughs> it does, yeah. And they even they they call out by name, like I don't know, um, Wesley and Beverly Crusher were able to work together. Um, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Was, well, they they had no issues working together, did they? <laughs> we uh, we cut through anyway the um, the lower decks credits, which are fantastic. I don't really think there's much more I can say other than it's yeah. really cool. Uh, all the scenes are really awesome and the music's great. Uh, but I was surprised that straight after the credits, you go in with a scene that tonally I wasn't expecting from Lower Decks, which is the complete destruction of the Solvang, the, um, yeah, the red-accented yeah. California ship. Um, it's so weird because it starts off with the jokes about, like, oh, this has got the fresh ship smell and who peeled the little thing away from yeah, the, yeah, the little screen and protected thing yeah. and everything. But then to have it completely yeah, destroyed. Everyone's, everyone's, everyone's boots are at the side of the bridge because they've taken them off. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, we've that. all been there. I've definitely been in houses and stuff like that as well. But uh, yeah. yeah, again, it was weird coming from that to just an explosion and then mm. cut to the next scene. But And uh, yeah, yeah I, I just I, I feel bad for all the California class ships that get destroyed because I really like the design. So anytime I see one, I'm like, oh, look, cool. It's got the yeah. red highlights because it's a command ship and everything. And Oh yeah, no! I, I do like the color detail. I I'm not huge about this this ship design. I it 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 is growing on me, but it's it's not one of my absolute favorites. I will be buying the model though when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm really looking forward to getting the model of it. But yeah, that's uh, again yeah. something you share with Stephen from last week then, because he called the Cerritos design a miss, and I said it was a hit. So. <laughs> Uh, mm, I wouldn't be able to answer that question. It's 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 still growing on me. I have to give it a chance. <laughs> that's fair enough. I really like it, but I just uh, go back and listen to last week, uh, listener, if you want to know why I went okay. through it there, where I, why I like it, and why uh, I kind of lean towards it a bit more. But yeah. Um, so then, carrying on into the episode, um, we get introduced to a character who I'm really intrigued to know your thoughts about, and that is the Exocomp, who would become known yeah. as No Tampa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love Peanut Hamper. I, I just, I love how she's, she's basically tendy. Um, the two of them are exactly the same. They're like, oh my gosh, you're so cool. Oh my gosh, I love you. Oh, um, yeah, they're exactly the same person until she obviously, you know, isn't. Tendy is a bit more loyal than Peanut Hamper turns yeah, out to be. I so love that though, because I'm, I'm not really going in, in terms of like chronological order. So since I'm talking about the character, I will say, I think that sort of unexpected gag sort of moment is one of my favorite parts of the episode just building up this mm. character throughout the kind of 20 minutes slowly till you get to the huge heroic oh you can do it at the end and then just music yeah. swells and then nah 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. She just beams yeah. herself away like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I just joined Starfleet to piss off my dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't yeah. even notice until this rewatch that if you stay till after the credits, she's still floating out there in space asking for help. As yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. She goes, help, help. Which reminds me, totally reminds me of um, Portal. Um, Portal 2, if you've ever played the, the video game. Oh, I haven't, but okay. Um, yeah, no, there's a bit, a, a bit at the end of that, which I think they probably based it on. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, probably. Fair yeah. enough. Awesome. So, uh, yeah. so yeah. carrying on with the, the other gags of the episode then, so we get this thing about Rutherford trying to change his moods. Oh, with his implant. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Are you a fan, yeah? A, what a great actor. What a great actor. Oh, and so like good. mid-sentence, to be able to do that mid-sentence and change <laughs> everything, it's incredible. Yeah, it's 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 good. I like it a lot. I think it's perhaps a little bit much um, in terms of the writing, but I agree with you that it's played really well, especially when it's like he's he feels pissed off, but what he's saying isn't like I. Yeah, yeah. But well, yeah, maybe yeah. you should go and talk to her <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I don't. I think I don't think it's too much. I think it's it's brilliant. They, yeah, they they just packed it in. They did. If if he did three different types of uh, attitudes in one sentence, I thought yeah, it was amazing. Awesome. I, I will. Uh, I will get into a deep dive later about the actors because I have made that sort of uh, for when we finish talking about the story. I've made little notes about all of the actors and where I sort of like them from and stuff as well. So, um, so that's cool. Um, what was I going to say next? Let me just have a look. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is um, just the level of absolute schoolboy humor that I appreciate. But I just love when um, they're talking in the ready room and it's the captain and Marida and Ransom. And he starts yeah. saying, I, I'm only hard on you when you make me hard. Which yeah, I thought was, like, I, I, I could be hard right now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, but, but I'm not hard. I love that. Again, yeah. it's, it's, it's the old adage, isn't it, that, you know, dying's easy, comedy's hard, and it's really hard to write good comedy. And lines yeah. like that, I'm like, I'm laughing out loud in a Star Trek series. So you've got to get it's so weird. It's so weird, and it's it just fits. It just yeah. fits in Star Trek I, universe. It's it's. I think yeah. it does. Yeah, that's the, yeah. Yeah, I'll never understand the haters and stuff that just aren't willing to accept that it's a comedy, no. but it's also Star Trek because uh, it's great. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> just let yourself like it. You know, <laughs> you will like it if you just let your brain relax a little bit and yeah, it's just have fun. fun. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. But, so I noticed the the gag that I, I think it must have went over my head the first couple of times I watched it, but the gag with the guy who's talking about how Wolf 359's an inside job yeah. and changelings aren't real, the Dominion War didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. again, bringing the Star Trek universe into that kind of joke, I think was like, wow. <laughs> that, these jokes yeah, are so rapid fire. <laughs> oh, that was a big one. Yeah, yeah. Wolf awesome. 359. Um, yeah. Of course, of course she didn't continue dating him because <laughs> yeah, it he does. turned out to be crazy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but I, I will uh, throw a quick question at you here then and then say that um, when they mention that they're on a mission or whatever, but the Titan is also within range, were you honestly expecting the Titan to appear later or did you just think nothing of it? Um, I wouldn't have thought anything of it because they did name drop that ship a couple of times. But of course, this episode was completely spoiled for me the day before, or not the day oh, before, no. second, six months before, because Oof. of course we didn't get it for months and months over here. Ah, um, okay. Yeah, so oh, people, hashtag your second spoilers, will you please? It's 
it's not fair. <laughs> That's rough. I yeah, was, so I was that, fortunate yeah. enough to, to see it when it went out. And I will see, I, I think I leapt off the chair and punched the air, which was the exact response mm. I think they were going for at the moment when the Titan does kind of swoop down yeah. and save the day. I was like, well, yes, I, <laughs> honestly, I think I did react like that too, even though I knew it was coming because yeah. the, the, all the TNG music and everything. Yes. Yeah, it was, I fucking, I've cried. It is. It's fantastic, right. isn't it? Just seeing Riker as well, if you're on screen, him and yeah. Troy and everything, and and that ship yeah. design is so good. Uh, I, yeah. I've always loved yeah. the ship design, but I was just because, um, as you'll know, if you watch my little intro video thing, I'm collecting the Eagle Moss uh, Starship models. Mm-hmm. But I've sort of said only Canon Starfleet ships are what I'm allowing, so that way I can cap yeah. myself. Um, so I couldn't yeah, well, allow. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. allow myself to buy the Titan because it wasn't a cannon ship. And then as soon as it appeared on Lower Decks, I think the next day I was like, right, Eagle Moss site, USS Titan. It's cannon now. <laughs> yeah, I'm buying it. Yeah, no, that, that's kind of my rule as well. Because I, I definitely wasn't going to subscribe. I can't, I can't afford to subscribe no. to anything. But like, yeah, I needed all the hero ships and plus my absolute favorites. But then, of course, I just added a couple more. Just oh, I had to, had to get them in gold. <laughs> Oh no way! You got the gold ones. I got a I got two gold ones. I got the Enterprise D and the original Enterprise. Just, they went. They went on sale. I think they were half price or something. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. I think I have seen them on sale a few times, but they're still so yeah. pricey. Don't think yeah, I but they're so they are so beautiful. They, they are, are so true. beautiful in person. They're amazing. I, yeah. I don't fault you at all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, so just moving quickly along, then one of the things I've um, sort of noticed throughout this first season uh, was the shuttle Sequoia in the background, uh, which I was surprised to see actually yeah. come into focus and get used in this episode. Yeah, um, yeah. Didn't notice it at all at first. It took a couple of episodes before I realized they were just basically making their own like yeah. hot rod version, I guess, of a shuttle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was it and they were carving their names into it or something like it was, yeah. Yeah, they had like they've got like the equivalent of go faster stripes and their own like shark teeth on the front and um, <laughs> yeah, just random scribbles of their names and it looks yeah. so ramshackle because it's like the completely wrong nacelles for the box body of it and everything. But yeah, and yet when I it think, gets its chance, <laughs> I think Mike said um, they weren't going to use it, but in the end they thought, well, they they can't just leave it there. You've seen it all along; it has to come swooping in. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm pleased they did decide to do that. The fact that it was the kind of, it was the moment as well, what they used it for with Shax and Rutherford was, yeah. was epic. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got to love some good ship nerdiness. <laughs> so there we go. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so just uh, moving on to the next key point then, which, uh, what did you think about the return of the packleds? That was a bit unexpected. Uh, <laughs> it was, that was genius. That was genius now because. Now, I think I have said this before in a review of this um, of this episode, but to, for the packlets to be the joke, and they they say these words that they were a bit of a joke, yep. and for them to become the main villain and to be such a badass villain, you know, they they you have to take these people seriously now. You know, they can't just joke about them. I thought that was brilliant, and I thought that mirrored what was happening in season one of Lower Decks. That you yep. you kind of up to then you're expect you, you take that lower decks as a joke you know i thought it was supposed to be a joke yeah it is and then suddenly bam season finale this is serious there are people dying <laughs> you know yeah there are ships blowing up this is a serious show as well as being a bit of a joke but yeah you must pay attention to the show <laughs> so I, I, agree kinda, I, I liked i liked that i completely agree that it was a stroke of genius to use like you said the kind of the joke villain for the first yeah. joke comedy series 
and show that yeah. you can you can do both and you can have that mix. And I thought it was perfectly mm-hmm. done the way that they appear and they've got those badass cutting lasers that are ripping holes into the ship and everything and their ship looks really yeah. formidable and then they get on the actual view screen and it's just like, we thought you were the Enterprise. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Enterprise strong. Yeah. Uh, but this is something as yeah. well later when the Titan comes in, like, it's another Enterprise. <laughs> they think that all the ships are just all Enterprises. <laughs> do they, how do they... How do they fly their ships? How do they press buttons, the right buttons? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how. They probably got, it's probably best not to think about it because they've probably got really unfortunate <laughs> slaves somewhere just doing all the work for them. Yeah, yeah, so, I have to, yeah. Anyway, um, so talking about um, returning characters and stuff, returning from earlier in Lower Decks, what did you think of the character of Badgie? Badgie, yes, I loved that episode of Badgie. What a funny, oh my god, yeah, and the, yeah, and the holodeck safeties, on oh, the, the holodeck character going evil and trying to take over. Oh, yeah, excellent. And I love that he kind of semi saves the day, but it still turns, <laughs> you know, he's yeah, yeah, he he wants to kill everybody. Um, amazing. I don't know why that character is so adored, but I completely agree with everybody that says that. That's why he's my little icon on the screen at the moment. Um, because Badgie is just so funny. I think, um, is it Jack McBrea who does the yeah. voice, does such a really good job? Like, at first, oh. even when Rutherford's like, you better not betray me, and he's just like, hee hee, I'm Badgie! And yeah. Immediately turns from that into, can I teach you yeah. a lesson? You know? Yeah, I'm always monitoring comms. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. It's, I'm always a complete sucker for any time they have something that they've brought up in an episode that feels throwaway that then becomes like integral yeah. to the plot. So uh, yes, yeah. yes, which I I think is going to happen now. Skip it ahead a little bit, but I think that's what's going to happen with uh, the clone Boimler. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. he's I think he's coming back. He's coming back. There's a bit of a spoiler <laughs> in the trailer that I won't go into, but I think that might have spoiled the fate of at least one of the Boimlers. But yeah, I kind of wish that scene okay. hadn't been in the trailer, just in case. But <laughs> Oh, I don't think I've seen the trailer. I won't mention it, I'll, just in case it is yeah. a spoiler, but yeah. Um, odd, but never mind. Uh, so talking about kind of funny moments and stuff, there's the scene when they kind of have to fight off the packleds, they're boarding the ship, and uh, Mariner kind of busts open all this uh, pile, <laughs> yeah. all these little uh, drawers and stuff of contraband. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any favourite Easter eggs among that moment, and why was it the fantastic space fun Spock helmet? <laughs> Ah, yes. How did you know I was going to say that anyway? Yeah, yeah. The, the helmet, <laughs> so the helmet, and it's canon. It's canon. Yep. Um. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I love that they they're coming. They're falling out the ceiling. She's just bashing panels off the wall. They're just falling out of everywhere, and and they and her and her contraband saves the day. Yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. that about Mariner as well. That everyone's always going on about how she's kind of disrespectful and she can't be relied on and everything but it's ultimately her brand that becomes useful and when it is useful she will yeah. entirely step up and kind of save the day and do things her way uh which again is the best kind of heroes of trek really isn't it i think anyway um yeah. so again any of the haters that are always like oh this lead character's crap because she's so anti-establishment i'm like that's the point <laughs> yeah and, and yeah. how many times did did saving the day require disobeying orders or breaking rules that's how you have a good story you can't yeah. just be going by the book all the time <laughs> that was kirk every week <laughs> to be fair yeah <laughs> totally yeah 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 and spock what and scotty going no oh, are you sure you should be doing this 
Exactly. Yeah. What was it they say in the trials and tribulations? He's got seventeen separate violations of the timeline just to himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We love um, Mariner. We do. I I love Mariner, but again, I'll get into why I love that actress a little bit later because I've kind of talked about. Yes, we all loved seeing the Titan. I did. I jumped and pushed. Uh, jumped up and punched mm-hmm. the air. It was great that they got. Uh, Freaks and Turtles back to do the voices and to have a lot yep. of fun with them with the gags about the jazz and um, Troy sensing yeah. Ransom's insecurities and mm-hmm. and the <laughs> Riker coming off the holodeck. Oh, I was just watching the first Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's had a long journey getting from there yeah. to here. Yeah, <laughs> I absolutely love yeah. it. Love but yeah, this. I do. I love that there's actual development in a story at the end as well, though. So the action's fantastic. Bit too brief for me, yeah. but brilliant anyway. Uh, all these cool yeah. references and stuff, but then it goes somewhere because you have Boimler promoted to the Titan and Mariner's kind of yeah. peeved at him, which again gives you the fantastic yeah. Easter egg stew of I'm gonna, what is it, feed you to an armus or attack you with a plague or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love when they do that though, they, they don't base the whole episode over this one reference, they just throw it in in a you know, in a little throwaway line. You know, or they, um, they throw in about 10 references in one, like she's listed characters or something. And just that's the best way to do it. It's like, there, there's your references. We know Star Trek. Now, can we get on with doing our own thing, which is hilarious, by the way? Um, absolutely. I just, I, I, I just, this show just does it for me. <laughs> absolutely. And it was nice to see the ship um, getting repaired at the end, which gives you an excuse for why the season two update looks so fresh mm. and new, I guess. Um, oh, yes. But again, yeah. the, the sort of self self-referential line of uh, don't make it look all sovereign class was kind of yeah. cute as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hate it when the ship comes out looking all sovereign class. Nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not to end on a downer, but my one criticism that I do have, which isn't related to this episode really, but I thought it was really impactful that it seemed like they had really cool stakes when Shax got killed off. So in yeah. retrospect, I'm really annoyed at the whole kind of throwaway gag of, oh, he's back, don't worry about why. Because I'm like, oh, if nobody... I, I, yeah, I get you. I get you. Yeah. But, it, but they had to kill him to make the joke, I think. So, Which I would be yes, fine with. I, and as I said, that's my yeah. point, is that I would be fine with it. But then don't give us an extended scene of his funeral. Which that, that kind of feels like it's... Well, even, even the funeral was was the throwback. You know, they were doing the whole... Oh, yeah, they were doing um, the whole of course. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I, but... Everyone was pissed off that Shaq died. Everyone, you know, did not like that. So I was fine with it, to be honest. I just, yeah. yeah, I oh, assumed yeah. they would. I assumed they'd get the voice actor back just to do another like character. Yeah. But I was like, it's kind of good yeah. to establish stakes as opposed to just. I mean, they do that anyway. The entire crew of the Solvang is destroyed, of course. But uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway. Um, no, I, I, I don't mind that he's back. <laughs> that's fair enough. Uh, it's not really about this episode, as I say. It's more season two yeah. quibble, anyway, because. Uh, you don't know that in this episode. But anyway, um, the next bit I wanted to get into just quickly was a bit of a deep dive into the actors in case anybody out there doesn't know them because this is more my chance to kind of recommend things to people because uh, I think they're all really good. Um, and that is that yep. the actress who plays uh, Beckett Mariner is an actress called Tawny Newsom, who I think is a really great actress with a varied range. Uh, I first saw her in the series Space Force, uh, which is a Netflix mm. sitcom by the guys that did The Office. She's one of the leads in that, and she's really good. Uh, she is also yeah. in a single episode of the Jordan Peele Twilight Zone, in which she's fantastic. And she's very active on the internet and has her own podcast that I thoroughly recommend as well. So, 
yeah she's a musician as well and she's um she has some interesting music awesome i knew you would know <laughs> that's awesome Definitely <laughs> worth a follow completely yeah uh, that's great um jack quaid you'll probably know as huey from the boys uh who is you know a similar but a much more buttoned up character i think than boimler uh, and it's mm. it's good to me that he makes the characters very distinct uh you may also not know that he's the son of dennis quaid and meg ryan so Hollywood nepotism at its finest, I suppose. But we'll there let him go. off because he's talented. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eugene Cordero, who I think is one of the, we mentioned is a bit of an MVP of the show. Uh, he voices Rutherford. I didn't think I was familiar with him, but then I realized he's Pillboy in The Good Place, which mm-hmm. is such a completely different character. that I, That's why I didn't recognize him. Uh, he also pops up in Loki, if you've watched that. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. Great comedy chops <laughs> on that. <laughs> Yeah, really good scene, actually. Fantastic. Um, Dawn Lewis, who voices Captain Freeman, is a prolific voice actress, but she's most familiar to me for voicing La Barbara Conrad in Futurama, because I love that show. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Uh, Fred Tatasio, who voices Shax, is one of the most prolific voice actors, but he especially seems Mm -hmm. to have carved out a niche playing any burly comic book characters. So if you're watching a cartoon and the Hulk or the Thing turns up, there's a 99% chance he's doing the voice. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Jerry O'Connell is, uh, of course, most well known for being the husband of Rebecca Romaine, who plays number one. Uh, and I didn't so... even know that. Did they? <laughs> I really? Didn't, that was what I knew him about from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was. I actually didn't know that until I watched them. Um, until they were in Star Trek. Cool. Uh, yeah, and some some show called Sliders and some movies Scream Two and Stand by Me and some stuff. Not important, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sad to say that I'm not as familiar with the other two actors, Noelle Wells, who plays Tendy, and Jillian Bigman, who plays Tana. But I do think mm. they're both fantastic. I think Noelle has the perfect level of kind of charm and innocence to play Tendy, and I think Jillian Bigman as Tana is just flat out hilarious. She's the Jet Reno of Lower Decks. That everything she says oh, yeah. is kind of abrasive but hilarious it's great yeah so. yeah exactly the same yeah <laughs> awesome uh excellent so i'll uh, i'll move into the next section because i'm aware we're, we're losing the fight with time so the very next and final part of the review is uh the jeans vision section the mighty ideology of trek <laughs> so did you before i go over the things that i was able to find did you have anything from this episode that you thought fits into the jeans vision of trek <laughs> Well, I suppose the very start, they're, you know, they are trying to get the people to not worship the computer. Um, Because that's obviously directly from TOS. But the Gene's vision, um, well, the whole, I I don't know, the whole show, this is a cop-out, but the whole show (laughs) is all about Gene's vision. What is Gene's vision? That's the thing, I (laughs) completely agree, but there's, on a... A couple of the notes that I made are kind of, they they would apply specifically to this episode, but they are very much the whole show as well. Mm. Um, and that's the, I, the the notes I've made. I've said it's very, the, my interpretation of Gene's vision anyway, yours, your mileage may vary, is that the way that it examines the ideology with a critical eye, I don't think Gene ever sort of did the thing of saying this is my vision and it is perfect and no one will question it. Um, mm. At least not all the time. <laughs> so I, I like that it's, it, it is aware there are questions to be asked all the time, and it asks them. Um, I also like that everyone has their place and purpose. We mentioned before that, like, uh, you may not like that Mariner is very anti-authority or whatever, but without her, mm-hmm. the ship wouldn't function as well. So it's kind of very much everyone has their role to play in life, which I, I like. Um, 
it's ultimately yeah. like all like all Star Trek. It's ultimately about working together as a literal family or a work family. So yeah, th that's always been I, the key to me. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I, I think I think the the inclusiveness as well yes. and the diversity and especially especially with the character of Pino Hamper, she's a little flying robot and she's yes. a crew member. <laughs> you know, like and you know, yeah, and she and Tendi just comes along and treats her like anybody. So, yeah, yeah, inclusiveness. Cool. Completely, and I think um, is, that, is that a word? <laughs> no, it is inclusiveness. I've seen that written somewhere. I think. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree, and I think it should sadly go without seeing, but unfortunately, it still doesn't. That it's both the lead of the show and the captain of the ship are black women, uh, and it's never addressed as a plot point or made a huge deal. It just is, which is lovely to yeah. see from me, anyway. So, uh, yeah. Um, what else did I say? And of course, if if you want to get super nerdy, I I personally think that Lower Decks is great at respecting what's come before. Um, it's yeah. very reverent, and it doesn't you know destroy canon or whatever else you want to say. So, I think that yeah. fits into this idea really well. And finally, the Titan doing its heroic cavalry moment—that's pure yeah. Star Trek, isn't it? Really? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, awesome I, I could I could watch a half an hour of the Titan coming swooping in with PNG music. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, I could I could as well. Oh, it's a gorgeous ship, it really is. Yeah. Um, so uh, we will finish off then. Um, I will get into after our opinion the audience interaction section, which unfortunately is a bit short because not many people replied, but we'll get there. Um, and so I will ask first if you have any conclusions you would like to make about the episode in question. And the scoring system that I'm using is out of five Starfleet Deltas. So your conclusion and your score out of five Deltas, and then I'll chime in with mine when you've done. Okay. Uh, this is, well, it is the best episode, um, including what I've seen of season two, it's the best episode of Lower Decks for me. Um, just, yeah, it's just that the TNG moments, it just made it for me. Um, but the whole thing being so action-packed, and like I said earlier, just, you know, it's a shockingly serious and action-y episode, <laughs> you yeah. know, really haven't expected up until then. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it really, it's my ideal epi episode, and the, the fact that it's animated, they can do all of this. It's just yeah, like, that's, that's actually, yeah, with me Yeah. Um, so... Uh, out of five deltas, this is a definite five for me. Definite five. Awesome, uh, fantastic. Um, I've got my conclusion written out because my autistic brain doesn't think well on the fly. <laughs> so bear with me; it's mm -hmm. going to sound like I'm reading from a script. But um, my conclusion of after watching this again was: it's a thrilling finale which pulls off a surprising balancing act incredibly well. It services interpersonal relationship storylines, the basic function of a funny comedy, and an epic Star Trek worthy finale. It's impossible not to like this as a fan. There's some great action, the best gags of the series, in my opinion, great Easter eggs as usual, and yet an actual plot that would be worthy of live action, quote-unquote, serious Trek. Um, the ending surprise was a glorious punch the air moment, as I've mentioned, at least for this geek, uh, and played to absolute perfection. If I had to nitpick, there's a couple of jokes that miss the mark or go a bit over the top. Uh, the 30-minute time limit makes things feel a bit rushed with a few tonal changes that can be jarring. And there's things here which are robbed of follow-up and circumstance later, though it's not really the fault of this episode. Uh, and ultimately, this was such a dang good trekky time that it felt fun and rewarding and really enjoyable. And it's one of my favorite episodes of any of the recent treks. Uh, and I would yeah. say 4.5 out of 5 Starfleet Deltas would be my score for this episode. Uh, nice. 
So yeah, uh, the average score of that then, between 4.5 and 5, would be, I assume, 4.75. Toffee tells us out of 5, which is a really high score. I don't think uh, that's going to take some beating, but we've got some great episodes coming up, so you never know. Um, so just remains for me to um, chime in with the subspace communication section, which is our little audience interaction thing. Uh, as I said, as I'm going to be doing every week, I kind of put out um, tweets and social media messages asking what people thought about um, this episode of Lower Decks and yeah. their opinions. Unfortunately, I only got two replies, so this won't dig very long. But just to shout out the two people that did reply, at Nicholas underscore Whaley said, um, I was absolutely thrilled to see the Titan crashing the Pac-Led party. I was surprised to see the Pac-Leds are space pirates. Peanut Hamper was rather selfish. Badgy was quite helpful and Shax was absolutely badass. So, <laughs> all pretty true, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. And yeah. At John Heroes says, yeah, I thought Badgie was cartoonish and a bit out of place. Uh, also huh. didn't like the kind of bullying in, in their first story. But um, I think I followed oh. up afterwards and they said they did find the character funny in like their appearance in this episode. So and I just okay. I, I'm not I'm not having a bad word said against Badgie because he's great, <laughs> even though he <laughs> turns evil and will betray you at the last minute and yeah. get you. An no, implant that wasn't you. his fault. It wasn't his fault. <laughs> <laughs> Are you defending the homicidal Delta? <laughs> has been programmed he hasn't you know it's like this is all Rutherford, Rutherford's fault <laughs> for creating him it's been a real thrill talking um all things Trek and especially the the deep dive into lower decks with you Linda um hopefully you've enjoyed yourself it was it was really nice of you to come on yeah. as I've said and uh very much appreciate much. it um yeah you know, it's been brilliant and I've had a great time <laughs> excellent excellent uh, uh where do you mind uh, i think you already have but do you mind telling people where they can find you on the internet just in case they want to talk tracks some more yeah i am at hen in a hat one on twitter uh and hen in a hat on instagram and my youtube is hen in a hat and i am also you will find me on the nerd escape podcast which is also on youtube and on twitter at escape underscore nerd uh that's yeah i'm pretty much i'm everywhere everywhere <laughs> awesome and those are all good things that i would uh, definitely recommend and uh, you can find me as you'll probably know by now at iron mike wilson on twitter i'm just my name on facebook and instagram and the podcast account is at home trek which again stands for h-o-m trek but then i realized heck let's pretend it's about mr home <laughs> so, <I guess that's laughs> a trek reference. so uh, at cool. home trek on twitter and uh, yeah come back and join us again next week next week is going to be a little bit different i'm joined by uh, my good friend, who you may know from a Doctor Who podcast that I did, uh, my friend Will, who's also known as At Who Game Shows, he's never watched a single episode of Star Trek before, but insisted on uh, starting from the oh. beginning. So he has watched the episode The Cage, and we're devoting the whole episode next time to just uh, what his thoughts are on that from a complete noob, never seen any Star Trek perspective. So that'll be interesting. Uh, <laughs> that sounds very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's just uh, that's just a special one next week, and then we're back with the other episode reviews the week after. I'm joined by at Kel Trill from Twitter, and we're going to be reviewing an episode that came up today. Actually, the Discovery episode, Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. That's week four. So uh, again, thanks for joining me, Linda. Remember, we are Starfleet. Live long and prosper. See you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>